Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits. Do you support Extinction Rebellion? Now, whether you know it or not, um, at the moment as we speak, there is a protest in town. It's starting, it's just about to kick off. And environmental activists are planning to bring disruption to 60 cities around the world. Already in the UK, they've been removing people from cars with welders and all sorts of carry-on. In Ireland, they will begin a week-long protest. Uh, members of Extinction Rebellion Ireland will set up roadblocks and a campsite from midday from what will be described as a week-long festival of civil disobedience. Or Organisers of the protest will gather outside the doll as we speak. They're gathering there from 12 o'clock today and bring activists to a separate undisclosed protest site afterwards. They anticipate that over 1,000 people will take part in the climate walk, which is due to begin at 1 o'clock today. Uh, Organisers say the very visual and noisy parade will be led by large pink, a large pink sailing boat. And uh, there will also be flag bearers, colourful protests and music and colourful po- posters, should I say. An opening ceremony at the secret location is to kick off at half past one. I don't know why it's a secret location. And will include a symbolic planting of seeds of native trees by the author, environmental activist Chelsea Garden uh, show, uh, winning garden designer Mary Reynolds. As previously reported, activists have said they expect to be uh, confronted by the Gardaí for their actions during the week and they aim to have some of those participating arrested. In a statement, Gardaí said they would respect people's right to protest peacefully and that they would uh, facilitate efforts to do so, adding that they attend such protests to facilitate free movement of traffic and to prevent any breaches of the peace. Now, the police in the UK have taken a slightly different attitude and said they're going to arrest everybody. But anyway, Dublin City Council said it would be working alongside Guardian in order to assist minimising disruption to the public and supporting public safety, but Extinction Rebellion's encampment, uh, the location of which has not yet been disclosed, will form the main site of the protest this week, but activists have pl- uh, pledged to demonstrate in different areas of the city to highlight uh, a number of environmental issues. A march to the city centre is also planned for tomorrow evening to coincide with the announcement of the Budget 2020, and a spokesperson for Extinction Rebellion Ireland told the journal.ie that the group is made up of regular people who don't want to cause disruption. They're going the wrong way about that anyway, but feel there is no other option but to step up their activism. Uh, Extinction Rebellion was established last year in Britain by academics and has become one of the world's fastest growing environmental movements. Activists are stressing that the protests must be non-violent, but there are concerns about the response of the authorities. Today I want to get your thoughts on Extinction Rebellion's plan to shut down cities all across the country and all across the world. Do you support it? Do you support Extinction Rebellion? Uh, our, main, our man on the street, Robbie Kane, is going to be following the demonstration and protest. So before I go any further, I want to get your thoughts. Do you support these climate change activists? Yes, you do. Or no, you don't. The number is 87 Robbie, our reporter, is on the scene. Uh, Robbie, good afternoon to you. And good afternoon, Nyland. Thank you so much for that. Yes, I'm outside the doll here in Kildare Street, and as you rightly saw, the Extinction Rebellion groups all across the world are embarking on a campaign of non-violent civil disobedience so that governments can respond appropriately to the take on, to their take on a climate crisis. Now, it's meant to be a week-long protest here in Dublin, but there's two weeks I've just seen on Sky News there uh, over in London, and they want to rebel together in streets and squares and remain there peacefully, creatively and colourfully to try and get their message across. Now, just have some breaking news to where the campsite is going to be. We initially thought it was going to be down on O'Connell Street, but it's now confirmed it's going to be on Merrion Square South. 
they've set up camp there. They have tents set up already, and it's going to be a family. And where are the tents, Robbie? Where, where in Marion Square? I'm trying to figure. So it's it's in the square itself. Yeah, it's actually in the square itself. Okay. Niall. I was I just ran there about five minutes ago just to kind of catch you because we got the breaking news in, and they've set up camp around there. They're all tents. So this is their head office, so to speak. Exactly. There's yeah. those barriers around by Marion Square South where you have to come in. There's got a stage area set up as well. So obviously there's going to be, you know, uh, bands, speeches and bands and that kind of stuff to enthrall them there because it is a week-long protest here. It was meant to kick off at 12 o'clock, the evening here from the Dáil, to go round to Marion Square, but it's been delayed by about a half an hour. So half, half 12 is kick-off point. There's only about, I'd say, about 70 people here, Nile. Um, well, they said, they said it's going to be at least 1,000. They reckon 1,000 people will take part in the walk. Well... Uh, there's only a thousand people here at the moment. The guards have actually cornered off Mulder Street, as they always do. The helicopter was up in force as well about a half an hour ago, but I can't hear it at the moment. So maybe there is a, the reason why there is an, uh, a particular delay and um, why they haven't actually left here at 12 o'clock. But I was talking to people around by the campsite, and they've been there since half past five this morning. So if there was a bit of a, a denial to where the campsite was going to be, obviously someone knew it was going to be in Marion Square, that the tents are already set up um, over the last few hours. All right, it, it does seem like a bit of a damn squib, yeah, when there's only 70. Mind you, the, the Garda Shagan I have mentioned in the past that it only takes four people to block up Dublin streets because realistically, <laughs> if you blocked O'Connell, O'Connell Bridge, that takes four people and that could bring the city to a standstill. So that, uh, could, be, that could be enough to do it. Absolutely. But, I mean, there was a fear that it was going to be in O'Connell Street today. And, you know, as you said, um, businesses are going to be affected to a point as well because it's all about getting, getting the government into denial that it's actually happening. But they want to kind of you know, affect businesses who are actually adding to the climate change in their eyes as well. So it's yeah. a double whammy. They're, yeah, they're saying it's not good. They don't want business as usual, was their quote. That's what they said. Now, as I, as I speak to you, Niall, there's actually years people coming up from Kildare Street, an extra 50 people with banners, Extinction right. Rebellion, and the media are all around them at the moment. I've seen Paul Murphy just come out with the all as I speak as well. So we're, we're, we're going to be talking to him. To, yeah, we're going to be talking to him hopefully in a few minutes, yeah. Yes, and... Yes, it's starting to build up now. So I say there's about 80 to about 90 people now outside the Dáil and Kildare Street ahead of this Extinction Rebellion protest this week. All right, we'll come back to you in a few minutes, Robbie. Let me go to Kevin. Kevin, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Kevin? Hi, how's it going, man? Good. You support them? Yeah, I do, yeah. Okay, why? Well, because, look, it's an important issue. and It's unfortunate that I can't afford to take time off work to go and support them in person would you? myself. But... Would you? I mean, would you go and block up the streets of Dublin? Yeah, if I could afford. Why would you want to block up the Why would you want to block up the streets of Dublin? Surely that's counter counter issue. But surely that's counterproductive. No, not necessarily. Because I mean, you look at the media coverage that this event is getting as a result of blocking up the streets across the world. They, they wouldn't get that if they were just standing yeah, with a couple of posters. But it's quite negative when I look at what the media that they're getting this morning in London, for example, where there seems to be a bit of a protest. It's quite negative. I mean, you've members of the police force cutting people out of cars in the middle of uh, London City because they're blocking up the streets and arresting people. It's quite negative. It's not, and, and to be honest with you, judging by the turnout there today, it doesn't see many people really support them. Uh, look, the, the, as I said, there's four million people in the country. There's sure there's a lot of people. In there's four million in the people in the country. There's seventy people outside the door. Yeah, but again, like I said, look, I can't afford to take the time off work. I'm sure that there's a lot of people in the same situation. And if look, you care, well, if you cared, you know, if you care that much about, the, if you believe it's about the climate, the future of the world, Kevin, should give up your job <laughs> and go. 
Yeah, it's not as simple as that, though, is it? No, but it is as simple as that. If you really cared, you're, you're saying that you care about it, you're saying you support them, and if you really care, give up your job and, and go out and support them. Uh, we've got to be realistic, though. I've got... Uh, I am being realistic. Uh, a partner and a job to look after. I can't okay. give up my job to look after, but... Again, and and how would you feel if we went by the ground rules of Extinction Rebellion? One of the main things is to leave fossil fuels in the ground. You wouldn't have a job if they left fossil fuels in the ground. Well, my job doesn't necessarily involve that. But so, but yeah, but what would happen? What do you think? Okay, that's their main thing, right? Leave fossil fuels in the ground. That's the main thing, right? Okay, that Extinction Rebellion, what about they? They want they would like to do that tomorrow, if possible, right? Do you know what would happen if we did that tomorrow? Have you any un- understanding whatsoever of what would happen if we left fossil fuels in the ground tomorrow? I've no evidence-based kind of research to go off now, so... Yeah, well, well there would be a worldwide famine within three weeks. Okay. Yeah. And does but, that make any sense to you? But look, that's the extreme point of view. At the end of the day, we they should are extreme. viable. They it's are viable extreme. alternatives. That's the thing, though. And, you, you, like, there's always going to be protests, and protests are going to go for the most extreme kind of alternative option. I mean, we can all be reasonable and talk about it. But but I've always said this, let's be responsible, let's be reasonable and talk about how we can protect the planet, be it in in relation to using disposable plastics or getting rid of disposable plastics and all that kind of stuff and how we can protect our planet, protect the wildlife on our planet and do whatever we can on what we scientifically believe will help elongate the life of our planet. But this ridiculousness of one woman in Britain super gluing her breasts to the pavement... I mean, for God's sake, Kevin. This is ridiculous, well, Gary. the media attention. We're talking about it now, live on radio, as a result of all of these protests. It is getting attention, and that's the most important thing, is about getting attention to it. Well, but, but, do me a favor, stay there, Kevin, because I want to go back to Robbie very quickly as well, because he's with Paul Murphy at the moment. Uh, Robbie, you're on Classic Kids. Sorry, oh, you are, of course you know you're on Classic Kids. You work for us. Sorry, Robbie, go ahead. Yes, thank you so much for that, Noel. Yes, I'm here with Paul, Paul Murphy. First of all, Paul, congratulations on your new party rise. I hope it works out well for you. And thanks for speaking to me live on the Noel Bonnie Show on Classic Kids. Is this worth its while? Yeah, I think it definitely is for exactly the point that the man made there is that we're having this discussion about the climate catastrophe that's facing all of us um, because of people like Extinction Rebellion being willing to take uh, radical action to put their three demands to the fore, which is tell the truth, uh, act now, and for a just transition, which precisely means that you know working class people, small farmers, etc., aren't affected by the policies that are necessary uh, and the change that we need uh, in, ter- in terms of you know, protecting the environment and not, not destroying our planet. But surely, Paul, if we went by... And sorry, Paul, good, good afternoon to you. But surely, Paul, if we went by what they would like and what we see you know, of the policies of Extinction Rebellion, uh, people wouldn't, in, wouldn't be involved in agriculture anymore. People wouldn't have jobs anymore because realistically, I mean, the changes they're looking for would, would doom the planet. There aren't going to be any jobs on a dead planet. And... That is the but that's doomsday stuff, Paul, isn't it? You but, know, but you that's, know that's, that's doomsday that's stuff. What, that's what the science tells us. No, it, no, it, no. It, that's it, a, no. That's what the scientists it, who agree with you tell you. Well, the vast, vast, vast majority of scientists. Where did you get that from? Ninety-seven, ninety-seven percent scientists agree that the climate is changing. Absolutely, and ninety-seven percent of scientists agree that we should be doing more. We all agree. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But we need to take a responsible attitude to it as well. And life moves on. And um, you know, are we willing to sacrifice what we've built up over the last one hundred years and the pleasures that we have in life, be it air travel, uh, be it cars, and we're working on the electric cars as we speak, and we're, we're getting better at it. But are we willing to sacrifice? All of that, and go back to having this minuscule lifestyle because we believe we believe we might elongate the life of the planet. See that that isn't the choice. 
Um, and that's why Extinction Rebellion's third demand is for a just transition, because it, it isn't necessary for ordinary people to suffer a decline in their living standards to avoid destruction of the planet and the catastrophe for people's living standards, which that would mean. I mean, if we continue on the trajectory that we're on, by 2050, half a billion people will live in areas of the world where if they are in the shade for half an hour uh, at a high point of heat, they would uh, have the potential to but die. But Paul, that's, like that, that's, that's simply not true. That, well, that no, line has been trotted out and it's simply no, no, not true. Simply, simply, Paul, if we look, if we look from NASA's... Okay, let me, let me give you NASA's figures for the global, the global temperature of the world, right? Over the last 100 years, the temperature of the world has increased by 0.8 degrees. 0.8 degrees. In the last 10 years, it hasn't increased at all. That's in the last 100 years. We didn't have the industry 100 years ago that we have now, and it was still increasing anyway. We're coming out of an ice age. I understand that we need to protect the planet and we need to do what we can, but do you really believe by doing everything that Extinction Rebellion wants us to do that we're going to make a massive difference to that? See, what, what, what you're trotting out is climate change denial. I'm not a denier. It, it, but, by any stretch of the imagination. That's the line of argument that you are... No, you're no Paul, I've given you, you official figures. Series, if you, no, if you look at a whole series of graphs about temperature, about carbon, about nitrogen, about methane, they will show that things accelerate in a dramatic way after World War II when industrial capitalism really gets going. Um, we need to transition away from reliance on fossil fuels. We need to transition away from reliance on dairy and... Uh, and beef agriculture. Okay, so we, we get rid of the money point. Okay, and we, that, we, we get rid of the money point. Okay, we need we need massive jobs. We need an investment. Okay, but okay, Paul, I'm working with you. I'm working with you. Let's, let's get rid of money points. Okay, there, there's one thing we could do. Let's get rid of money point. We don't need it. All right. So and, we, and we, let's ensure that all those workers are then transitioned to absolutely. work in the renewable okay. energy industry. Okay, so where we where what do you suggest or how do you suggest we get our energy? Because uh, wind farming is not the answer either. Well, no, it is. We just need massive investment to have it. I mean, Ireland is, is the equivalent of Saudi Arabia for oil, for wind, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but one uh, turbine is not, gonna, was, is not going to produce no. enough electricity for one household. But what we need is massive offshore wind. Uh, we need huge investment, which isn't going to come from the private sector. It'll have to come from the public sector, but can create a huge number of, of jobs. And we can transition without going through gas, we can transition rapidly by 2030 to a zero carbon economy. And, and that's what we need if we're going to avoid climate catastrophe. But if we do so now, if we take the action now and we do it in a planned way, we can do it without disrupting people's, ordinary people's uh, lives. Um, we can do it by tackling the corporations, the 100 corporations who are responsible for 71% of all the carbon emissions uh, in the world. That's the kind of action that we need. Okay, leaving aside the carbon emissions, the other conversation that, of course, Extinction Rebellion are talking about is the sea levels rising. Um, again, the evidence suggests around the world and the longest running uh, tide gauge record of coastal sea level tides in America, for example, would be New York City, Battery Park. And in its 160-year record, it shows a steady rise of 11 inches per century. A few miles away, I'm reading this here, by the way, Kings Point, New York, and this is from a reliable source. Uh, there's a station that shows in the last 80 years the same rise over every century. Both of these locations show a steady, unchanging sea level rise, whether the temperature has been rising or falling. And these were around long before we had coal power plants, SUVs, air travel, and everything else. So it According to them, the sea level, yes, is rising in places, but we're not having an effect on us. It's just Again, happening. It's, that's, that's not true. That's climate, 
climate change denial pseudoscience. You can't just keep writing it off as climate change because denial because pseudoscience. Because it is. You're they're just facts. To, they're facts. No, no, they're not. Sea levels are rising at an unprecedented rate at this point in time. Give me That's an example. Give me an example. Give look, me an look example. At the, look, at the, look at the Greenland ice sheet, which is massively destabilized. If the Greenland ice sheet melts and goes into the sea, it results in a significant increase in sea levels. Um, like that, that is the science. You should read the IPCC report. Um, this is coming upon us, and those of us who, you know, those who trot out this idea that no, nothing dramatic is changing, etc., want us to do nothing. It's the exact equivalent. of... Sea levels don't rise because of I- okay, okay. Sea levels don't rise, Paul, because of you know ice caps melting. Not uh, ice caps, but I- an ice sheet on Greenland okay. melting and going into water okay. does it result in, in the sea level rising because that water is not currently in the sea; it's currently on land, and that the and the. Yeah, these are the mountain glaciers, big sheets of ice in Greenland and the Antarctica, which does cause the sea level to rise. And there is no doubt about that because of the warming temperature. And the warming temperatures of the ocean, of course, contribute exactly. to the sea level rising because the, according to gets warmer, the water expands and it's just like everything else. It takes up more space. But that's something that's naturally occurring over the last... They, they've measured this over 100 years and it's naturally occurring. I don't believe that we... I can think we can be responsible about how we do things. I don't disagree with that. But I don't think we're going to stop that. Climate changes. Climate changes gradually over time. There's no question. It's changed many, many times in the history of the Earth. The climate is currently changing at an absolutely unprecedented rate, and that's because of human action. But it isn't just human action in the abstract. It's human action in the form of organized in the form of industrial fossil capitalism, which means the production of everything for profit. And it poses an existential threat to the future of humanity. And, and the problem is, you know, you or I won't experience devastating consequences in our lifestyles in the next 10 or 20 years. No, but if, if, if we don't have action within the next 10 or 20 years in countries like Ireland, well, then devastating... Well, Ireland, Ireland is the tip of the be, iceberg, really, isn't it? Pardon the pun. I, I mean, Ireland doesn't produce... Our CO2 emissions are so small, it's probably negligent. And in relation to the big scheme of things, I mean, the Earth's atmosphere is only made up of 0.4% carbon anyway in the first place, and human beings are probably responsible for 0.07% of that. So realistically, we're not... I mean, we're not producing the most amount of carbon. I mean, as I mentioned before, if we really want to reduce the carbon footprint, let's kill off all the termites. They're the biggest carbon producers in the world. But... It, my point is that if we don't take action now in the next decade and turn things around and avoid going to two degrees, well, then absolutely devastating catastrophic consequences will be locked in because of the carbon that will be in the atmosphere. And okay. of course, it's okay, well, well, let, well, let's, well, let's have all that debate, itself. Paul. It has but, to be a global process. Okay, let's have all that debate. But the big thing is these guys for the next week or so, and today is only the start of it, okay? Blocking up the streets, you know, um, damaging commerce in the middle of the city, probably costing the, the country and the city and businesses millions of euro. Is that going to make any difference? I think it will um, place the environment and climate catastrophe uh, on the political agenda. I think that's seen in the discussion we're having now. It will be seen, hopefully, in the discussion around the budget that will happen in the course of this week. And it, it therefore will help push the political change that we need push the immediate banning of exploration of oil and gas, push the need for uh, massive investment in green energy, push the need for a transition to sustainable models. You, you, know, you, don't, you don't think it's going to have a negative effect because I clearly believe that if you damage business and you damage the way people move around a city, you're going to have a negative effect. Look what's happened in the past when we've had strikes where taxi drivers go on strike and block up the streets or farmers block up the streets. They don't get public support. And this is not going to get public support, Paul. All it's going to do is piss people off.
I, I think we'll see. I think it will get widespread uh, public support because I think people also see, if you want, want to see things that disrupt people's lives, you want to see things that disrupt business, I mean, climate events, you know, the kind of crazy storms we've been having in the last number of years. They have the been nothing to do with climate change. The, the, the frequency and the occurrence of them does have to do with it climate change. It doesn't, Paul. I mean, you if, you look at the, if you look at the weather records, they've nothing... by climate change, of course. These, people, they, people point to these events. You know, oh, look at the rain we had last week, or look at the summer we had last year. We've had warmer summers. These have nothing to do with climate change. Nothing. The fact that we have increasingly warm summers, the fact that we have more and more unusual weather events is related to climate change. It doesn't mean you can say each individual, any individual weather action is a consequence of climate change, a direct consequence, but it means we will have more and more heat waves, more and more, more, more and more storms, uh, more and more crazy weather events that will be disruptive for people's lives. I, I'm going to go back to the okay. protest now, if that's all right. All right, Paul, no problem at all. Thanks Thank you very much, Nate, Paul Morphy. All right, we'll come back to Robbie as well in a few minutes. Let me go to, sorry, go back to, I, sorry, Kevin, I cut you a little bit short there. Let's go to Bernie as well. Uh, Kevin, you've heard Paul Morphy. I, I suppose the main point of all this, we can all debate and disagree and agree on the different points in relation to climate change, but the whole point here is that we're going to be losing money and cities around the world uh, rely on their cities. They rely on the movement of people and traffic to make money and survive. This is not a good thing, Kevin. If this is more important than that. Do you think so? I do. Look, it's, it's about the future for the generations that are going to come well after me and you. Paul, Paul is out there today. Why aren't you? Because that's Paul's job. Well, yeah, you could argue that Paul might have better things to be doing as well. Uh, you could argue lots of things. But look, at the end of the day, he's a politician. That's his job to show in public appearances like this. Well, stay there a second because Bernie doesn't agree with you. Bernie, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Bernie? Oh, sorry, Bernie. Hold on. I just flick you on there. Hang on. I do apologise. Sorry, Bernie, go ahead. No, I, I don't agree with the blocking of a whole city like that. I mean, first of all, you might be blocking up. I don't know. Is it O'Connell Street they're going to take over? Well, I don't, we don't really know. It's a kind of secret location, isn't it? But that's not fair on people who are going to get... Like, for my mum who comes in and goes to Mass in the Folk Cathedral. I mean, the poor woman is 85 years of age. How is she going to get... She has her, her up to O'Connell Street and over to... The, she has her walk and that's what she does every day. And she's going to be completely disrupted and scared out of her mind. Like, that's not fair. Yeah, I, I don't think it achieves anything to upset people. No, no, I'm, I'm, no, I don't, don't. And, you know, you go to the M50 now, it's going to be over because people are trying to bypass the middle of the city. You won't be able to get on it. Literally, it'll, it'll you know, log down everywhere in the city. Um, we have a Phoenix Park up there, would not sit up there, you know. Well, they, they they, I suppose if they, if they don't affect something, they're going to believe that it's not worth their while doing. Well, I mean, the Phoenix Park is environmentally friendly and people use it to cycle, they use it to play games, they bring their children up there. Surely that's, you know, you know, show us how you do it. Okay, well, we'll stay there for a second because I want to go to, please stay with me, Bernie, as well. I want to just go back to Robbie, if I can, because Robbie, our reporter, is out in the streets. And I think he's with Eamon and Ryan from the Green Party at the moment. Go ahead, Robbie. I am indeed, Donald. Thank you so much for that. Yes, I'm here with the leader of the Green Party, Eamon Ryan, and uh, thank you so much for speaking to us on the Live Boiling Show. Oh. You're in the middle of all this today. Uh, as we asked, is it worthwhile? Will it disrupt the city? I think it is worthwhile. The planet has been disrupted. Both the climate and the biodiversity crisis is real and requires a response. And part of the response is raising public awareness, public support for action. And that's what's happening, and not just here, but across the world. So well, but Eamon, Eamon if, we, if we believe everything that's been said, and um, even the doomsday stuff, right, 
It is getting a lot of public awareness. Obviously, Greta's doing a great job out there and getting a public awareness. And a lot of people are talking about it. The governments of the world are talking about it. You know, it's in tomorrow's, it's included in tomorrow's budget in, in the shape of a carbon tax, which I believe is going to be ring-fenced. What they're going to do with that money now is beyond me, but however, it will be ring-fenced. So public awareness is there. So why disrupt the city? Why local businesses are on radio this morning saying, we don't want to lose money over this? Well, I think the people here, the people organising this, are conscious they don't want to lose public support. So I think the level of disruption in the city is going to be very much targeted at the political system. It's, it's here outside the Dalt now. It's Marion Square just across the way. They've set up camp for the week. And uh, I, I think they're conscious of not losing public support, of actually building it. And, uh, and I think uh, we've seen that happen in these Extinction Rebellion events so far. That well, we haven't really support. abroad. I mean, if, if you look abroad, Eamon, for example, this morning, the police are cutting people out of cars. We had one woman there recently, you know, super glued her breast to the pavement. Uh, you know, I mean, so that what's happening over there is quite different, maybe, if from what you're suggesting, they're not going to disrupt traffic here. I can't see it going that well, to be honest with Jamin. They're going to want to disrupt traffic at some point. They said they would. Well, I mean, let's see how the week how the week pans out. But, but they've said it, Eamon. They've said they want this. They want civil disobedience, and they want to bring the city to a standstill. That was their own words. And there is a long tradition going back to uh, Gandhi and others in terms of being willing, if you really believe in something, to stand up and make and make the case and bring it to the public attention. And, 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 and we have and we have organised protests for that, where the Garda Shikana are very supportive. We had one recently with the kids taking the day off school, and whether you agree with the whole concept or you disagree with the whole concept, there's a whole debate to be had there. We see the governments of the world are taking notice. We see that people are taking notice. We have the organised protests, but this ongoing stuff of blocking streets whenever people feel like it because of what they believe is right is I don't believe is acceptable. I don't think it gets public support. We see that. Can I just go back to the point, point you made, which is a valid one, that this connects to the climate strikes where those young students were out. And I do think you have to recall what Greta Thornburg, the leader of that movement, was saying. The house is on fire. And sometimes in a house on fire situation, you need people to shout fire. And that's what they're doing. And I think the problem is that our level of response so far, our level of change, isn't up to the emergency that we're seeing. I, I see it every day. I mean, I ex- yeah, but I accept, Eamon, that Greta has drawn attention to this. Now, don't, mind you, I don't believe everything she says either. I think there's a bit dramatics going on there, to be honest with you. But I do accept what she's saying. And I think we all need to act responsibly in the future when it comes to our planet. There is absolutely no doubt about that. But, I mean, as I said earlier on to Paul Murphy, I don't, think, I don't believe for one minute we're all willing to sacrifice our lifestyle either. I mean, we're not going no, to... I listen to some of Extinction Rebellion, they won't even travel on a plane anymore. Well, I think what we do need is to provide an alternative, which is actually a better life, a better lifestyle. It's not about just hair shirts or, or blocking things or stopping things. It's about starting things. And in truth, have we invested in public transport and walking, cycling? I mean, you mentioned they were blocking roads. Our roads are blocked every day because we're in gridlock, because our political system to date hasn't been willing to invest in public transport and cycling and walking. So, and I think if we did that, it's not a negative thing, it's not a backward thing, it's actually a forward thing. It's a better city, it's a better country we're looking for. I mean, tomorrow, of course, the budget, we're going to see carbon tax uh, introduced, uh, possibly a couple of cents on, on diesel, heating oil, etc., etc. You know, is paying more money actually going to change anything? People believe charging households is not actually going to make a difference or a blind bit of difference to the climate. I'd agree with you. I think it isn't just about the carbon tax. That's only one part of the jigsaw. It's actually system change. System change in how our food system works, system change in where we get our energy from, 
system change in how we move around, system change in how the whole industry system. Everything has to change. Has but to that takes time, Eamon, and you know that as well as I... I mean, it's not just a case of closing down Money Point tomorrow and everybody having a windmill out their back garden. I mean, that's just not going to work out. I mean, the government has to put money into, Sarah, heat transfers, if that's what we want to do, heat transfer units, if we want to move away from oil, oil and gas. Um, we can't just do it overnight, but Extinction Rebellion, I've had them on the air before, they're saying keep the fossil fuel in the ground, and they mean tomorrow. No, you're right. We can't do it overnight. But I suppose I've been campaigning on these issues for 30 years. And for 30 years, you know, we've been saying, oh, well, it'll come eventually and patience. Well, patience is running thin. We need to act now and we need to act at scale. And it's for the better. It's not a negative. Uh, and that's what Extinction Rebellion is saying. And it's to both the biodiversity crisis and the climate crisis. And, and uh, uh, I think that's a really positive message. And I think they do have public support for that. All right, well, listen, thank you very much indeed, Eamon Ryan. I appreciate you coming on the air today. And uh, I'll come back to Robbie, our reporter, and Bernie in a few minutes. Uh, keep texting the numbers 087-188-0008. Do you support Extinction Rebellion and their protests on the cities all around the world? Starting for today, they're going to ramp it up over the week, and you can be absolutely sure it'll be hitting a city near you. Galway, Limerick, Cork, and Dublin today. You all better watch out. They want to stop the traffic. It's a lot of angry texts coming in. These people are an absolute disgrace. They should be dragged kicking and screaming off the streets. Bunch of hippies who don't want to work at all. Climate change is happening and there's nothing we can do about it. As the planet uh, we're living in uh, is a living thing and is going through a natural change. These fools just want an excuse not to go to work. I can't come on the air because I'm in work. But tell these fools they are not wanted or needed. Uh, if they want to help the rest of us, they should just all go and, yeah. And <laughs> the politicians, he, he's very angry, isn't he? And the politicians are only jumping on the bandwagon to hoover up the votes for themselves. They'll be out next week protesting with the farmers. Yeah, that'll be a bit hypocritical, wouldn't it? Uh, let me go back to Robbie, a reporter who's on the streets uh, where Extinction Rebellion have set up camp at Merrion Square outside the Dáil as well. Sorry, go ahead, Robbie. Thanks, Niall. I'm here with Lucy. And Lucy, you're not affiliated with the Extinction Rebellion group, but you support them. You're live on the Niall Boyle Show, by the way. Why are you yeah. here? Um, I think, first of all, that statement that uh, whatever text was sent in was quite strong. I think that's the problem with a lot of people's opinions on the issue, that he sort of refers to a group like this as a bunch of hippies. Um, we kind of have this thing where we're really disconnected from our environment, and we've done so for how many years that we've been on Earth. And that's kind of the whole issue with the, with climate change, is that we, we can't seem to understand that we are responsible for how we act on this Earth. And the resources we use are going to run out. We're going to have serious issues with sustaining life on this planet in the future. So I'm here because it's a sense of despair. What else are we supposed to do? Because we've tried now for so long. Like, we're trying to talk about Okay, so what, I mean, doing anything. Lucy, can I ask you a question? Sorry, Niall here. Nice, nice to have you on the yeah, show, Lucy. Sure, yeah, sure, uh, yeah. Lucy, okay, so you've listened to some of what Extinction Rebellion want. Right, we'll go through the list, you know, very quickly if we can. So they want yeah, to sure. leave fossil fuels in the ground. You understand the effect that would have on the planet, don't you? And um, what, what do you... Well, the, well, well, let's say, for example, tomorrow, all the governments of the world says, right, let's look yeah. at renewable energy, um, leave all the fossil fuels in the ground. It's, we're going to put a law banning you taking gas or oil yeah, right. or coal from the ground. There would be yeah. a famine within three weeks. Yeah, so the idea of transitioning to a renewable future is obviously not something that can happen instantaneously. No one here on the street thinks that that is actually possible. Like... They do. I spoke to one before on the air about two weeks ago. We had one of the head guys on and he said, like, literally from tomorrow, if it could be done. 
I mean, if you think that anyone here agrees that tomorrow instantly you can shut off a fossil fuel reserve, they're mm-hmm. either speaking inaccurately or they're just they you you're kind of misinterpreting what they're saying. Okay, but then give me something we can do. Give me something we can do. What, what, I mean, I'm wondering, you know, yes, we're all talking about climate change and that's a good thing, right? Okay. So we can all have the debate, whether we agree, whether we're having an effect, whether we disagree, we're having an effect, whether we're deniers, whether we're agreeers, it doesn't matter. We're having the debate. That's all that's important, right? Okay. So what can, you know, what is this protest going to achieve? What can Leo Varadkar, and let's see about Ireland, even though we have a very small footprint, what can Leo Varadkar do tomorrow to stop you guys from upsetting everybody in the city? Well, for one, he can stop giving in to the powers that be and granting exploration licenses the week after he declares a climate emergency because that's pure hypocrisy. Well, he, need, but he, need, yeah, but he needs to do that because for the time being, Bear, uh, Lucy, we are relying on fossil fuels, whether you realise that or not. Of course we are. We need so this, he needs I to mean, grant those licenses. There's a certain element that, yes, we cannot... Okay, so that, that's, that, well, that's that argument out the window, isn't it, really? No, dedication no. saying look from as soon as 2025 if we start building up that idea that we are gonna inflate the renewables okay but we could talk we could talk about we could talk about rejecting those licenses in the future when we come up with another idea be it nuclear energy be it wind farms whatever it happens to be but at the moment we're relying on fossil fuels so he has to grant the licenses okay so give, give me another example of what leo veron can, can do tomorrow I know, I can hear them all. Sorry, about that. God bless them. Can you hear me? Sorry. Yeah. What are they singing? People have the power. People have the power. Do they? People got the power. Tell me, can you hear it? Louder by the hour. That's what they're singing, Noel. Right, okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Lucy, give me something else that we can do tomorrow. So I think... Take-home point really is that people are here because they're in despair. What you're are, not you giving know, me any answers. You're just saying despair, doom, and gloom and catastrophe. You're not giving me any answers. What what else could we do tomorrow to change? What's going to stop things, the protests? Like simple local changes. Okay, for example, when we talk about renewables, allowing the microgeneration bill to come through and fully acknowledge that we can create a renewable resource in a local community where people can basically sell their excess energy back to the grid, incentivizing that, that transition to a renewable future, say in the case of solar panels, or we have wind generation. But so at the moment, at the moment, solar panels and wind generation is not enough to power one house. Well, that's completely untrue. Well, it's not 16, 16 watts of power from a wind turbine. That's not enough to power a house for a year. It might during the summer where you don't use much energy, but not during the winter. You generate... A lot more energy than you think by simply placing a solar panel on your roof, enough to have excess so that you can actually sell that back and make economic gain from it. Well, I know people who do get actually get a reduction or a discount in their electricity bill because they have solar panels, but generally speaking, solar panels and roofs are for heating water, but however. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good thing. I mean, if you can reduce the amount of energy you're using to heat water because you have solar panels, that's a good idea. Yeah, exactly. It's all... It's Sort of but, where they, but they, all that cost, the thing is, Lucy, and I'm not just completely disagreeing with you, solar panels are good for heating water, etc. Where's the money going to come from from all this? The government do give out grants, but the government couldn't afford to pay for everybody to have it done. Where's, where's all this money going to come from? I suppose, I mean, I'm no economist, I'm a student. Well, 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 you see, this is it, you're no economist, and you're right, you are no economist, so somebody, somebody has to pay for it. 
Yeah, I know. Of course, I acknowledge that. I'm giving you my best answer. As but that's not an answer. It's not for an answer to be viable. You know, it has to be economically and financially viable because we need money. I'm I'm about to answer your question. You just you seem to keep enjoying interrupting what I'm saying. But you're, I'm but not, you're not giving me any answer. decent suggestions. I'm telling you now. Think of things like trickle down through the economy when we have our plastic problems as well. If we impose things like a tariff, a tax on uh, the use of plastic on businesses, generating that that money into our economy. Sorry, it's very loud. Um, where like, uh, Lucy? I'm, by the way, are you a vegan? No, I'm not a vegan. Oh, I'm just no, curious. I'm a, I'm a vegetarian. Oh, you're a vegetarian. Um, you're only got halfway there, really, have you? You're not very nice or... I'm only asking. I'm only asking. Not, because the, just, the idea of Extinction Rebellion is they want us all to stop eating meat and dairy. Yeah, I mean, the ideal thing is that we're not supposed to eat meat every day. There's and what happens to all our farming and all our agriculture, our biggest exports? A human being on this planet that requires the milk of a cow, first of all. You just yeah. don't need it. So well, you, well you, you drink it. What you need. Well, you just told me you drink it. You're only a vegetarian. But the whole issue with this is that it's always placed on the individual. Yeah, but... For years now, we've placed the blame on individuals and their individual... Okay, but I'm, I'm worried. To a certain extent. I am worried about the farming industry, which is one of our biggest exports in this country, if we all suddenly went vegan tomorrow. Yeah, but when we look at things like straying away from monoculture, stop using monoculture-rich farming, make farms sort of integrate it into, say, a solar grid. So we have a farm that's using its space to also generate renewable energy by placing solar panels in fields. So what, what, are we, what are the farmers going to do if they don't keep cows and, and sheep and pigs? It's a, it's a fact, and I'm sorry that it hurts you to hear, but we don't need meat every day. Okay, well, you might need it, I do. No, you don't. I do. I have a choice just like you do. Okay, well, I'm going to continue back with the protest now because everything I seem to say, you have a retaliation of an answer. Well, it's called challenging. It's called debate. That's what we do. Yes, I know. And that's what the doll is for. They don't do that currently. They don't fucking talk about climate change. Oh, that's nice. Bad language in the middle of the day on the radio. That's really respectful, isn't it? (laughs) I'm sorry about that. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Lucy. Thanks. Uh, Our man Robbie has been sending me photographs here for the climate change protest. There is a lot of young student types and old hippie types at us. But anyway, one is standing there with a, a banner in her hand saying, climate change is realer, re, okay, it's not even good grammar, but anyway, then your wife's, it's, it should be wives, I imagine, orgasms. Right. I, I don't even know how to, how to work that one out. Realer. They, and these are, this is this kind of student type. Look what our education system is producing. People who can't even use grammar properly. Let me go to Robbie. Robbie is outside at the protest. Sorry, Robbie, go ahead. You're okay and all. Yes, we're on the move now. The pink yacht has arrived with Tell the Truth on it. We have two sailors above it uh, flying fly. Uh, I know, flag. I see a picture. You sent me some pictures here of the yacht. <laughs> and there's a couple of hippie types up on top of us. Oh, absolutely, yes. They have speakers and all blaring out sounds at the moment. The Gardaí are in heavy presence at the moment, though, I must admit that. About 350 people have now arrived in total, and um, they're heading to Merrion Square as their final destination of base camp is going to be for the next week. Right. As you can hear, they're still in full force doing their chants. Yeah, what are they What are they actually chanting, Robbie? All right, what are you chanting? Come on, sing. Our future, our lives, our rights, they survive. Our future, our lives. To survive, our future, our lives, our right to survive. Don't even know what that means. 
Okay. There you go. There you have we, it. Yeah, we had the gist of it. All right. Yeah, okay. Okay. Thank you, Robbie. We'll come back to you after the news. All right. We know we want to talk to a few more people as well. All right. Brilliant. Thanks, Mark. All right. There's Robbie, your man who's out on the streets outside the doll at the moment around Marion Square. Connor, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Connor? Hello, Niall. Nice to talk to you. you get Jesus, Connor. They're all out there today. Oh, do you know what I do, Niall? Do you know, honest to God, do you no, know what don't I make, do? Don't say that in violence. Sure you won't. Oh, God, I'm not a violent no, person. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. A, I'm a very, uh, Don't, don't be know. suggesting shooting people or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's against the law. Yeah, but, absolutely. But anyway, I would get the biggest, dirtiest diesel trucks the army have, and I would load them all into it, drive them all, all up to Malinhead, and let them walk home. <laughs> be honest with you, Niall, this whole, that in itself is, look, they're young, they're naive, they are. they're listening they are. to people, and yeah. they're listening to the likes of this politician, Paul, that was on there. And at the end of the day, he is a politician, he's not a scientist. Um, no, well, Paul has to bring socialism into everything. Now, he has no, his new course. political party at the moment, he's obviously trying to get them a bit of airtime. Uh, Rise is the new political party, which is of a course. socialist uh, you know, party, and obviously he... Now, but what, somebody made a really good point. He's out there supporting that today, and he'll be out supporting the farmers next week. You know, which two contradict each other, you know. So Well, it's a populist agenda. Isn't it? This, it is what, is, yeah. this is what politicians do. It's a populist agenda. Look, if there was something else that was, you know, flavour of the month, he'd be out of that as well. Yeah, like the but water look, protest or whatever. Yeah. On the table. No, I'm by no means, you know, I, I'm all for recycling your plastic and cleaning up yeah, the be, Yeah, protect it, but be responsible. Yeah, be of responsible. Course, of course, of course. Yeah. But look, that's one thing. That's pollution. Sorry, there's a plane flying over which the... Oh, the, it's the, polluting the, the air. Yeah, polluting get out, the get air. out of the yeah. way, Connor. Get out of the way. <laughs> but anyway, um, pollution and... Is it leaving it, a trail behind us, that plane? It is, it is, but it's gone to the clouds now. So oh, that's all right, so you know. You <laughs> but anyway, the I think, you know, this whole thing with pollution, we put that aside, that's one thing. But this carbon and this climate change, to be honest with you, I think it's one of the biggest global scams that the government have pulled. Now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist by any means. I'm fairly level-headed. Um, and you can ask me, Mrs. See what she said. But mm-hmm. I am. I'm fairly level-headed. But I've just I've listened to it now. You've had it on several times, and I've just been infuriated. Listen to it. what we have is one side of the story that they're explaining, but they also fail to realise that there's another side to this. Um, you know, for example, look, I'm not going to bore you with, with with facts because you know you would have listened to go to this, that, and the other. Yeah, we don't want them all go asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But look. They failed to realise that the South Pole at one time was a tropical rainforest back in the Triassic period. Oh, yeah, so we were growing grapes in Britain at one stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they During the medieval times. They failed to realise this. Uh, Margaret Thatcher, back in the 80s, went to the Institute of Science over in London. Back, you, know, you remember the miners' strike with Neil Kinnock? Yes, all, yeah, 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 yeah. And she actually went, she says, look, when the country had no money, they didn't have a pot to you know what in. Sheryl Gore told us that half the world would be underwater by 2020. Well, Al Gore got these figures from the <laughs> records that they, that they took from the ice sheet yeah. um, in the North Pole. Yeah. Now, they're, they, they're, they're much better than any law books or any records that you have. 100. These go back a thousand years. And what, happened, what was happening was the carbon, when the temperature rose, the carbon was dropping. And vice versa, when, when the carbon rose, the temperature dropped. Now, they failed. Al Gore went out with these exact figures that they got from this particular scientist, but he failed to mention this. He just says that the temperature is rising and it's all to do with carbon. Um, you know, That's what I'm saying. We, we, we went through this whole period, and maybe not as quite as much as we are now at the moment, uh, you know, going back to the 1980s, I suppose, with Al Gore and all that kind of stuff. And we, the word global warming first came around. Before that, it was uh, the ozone layer. There was a hole in the ozone layer. And I think we were all going to be sucked out of it or something at one stage. Yeah, yeah. That, that happened too, and we all have to stop using aerosols. 
Yeah, exactly. You no, know, I'm now we're talking- being now we're being fed low. I I believe some of it. Yes, you're right. There is a level of responsibility by people on the planet, and we have to look at the population of the planet and how we're, I suppose damaging the planet and you know with reusable products etc etc but I mean this whole idea that somehow that we're going to be able to change everything is actually beyond me it's beyond words no, it, it, and, and there's going to be a carbon tax now brought out because you know it's like ah, yeah, that's said, going it, like to make a difference is it what yeah, you know, I'm saying, yeah I mean me paying an extra you know five cent for me diesel from tomorrow is not going to make an ounce of difference to the planet and listen I have to take a break Connor thanks very much Nate. I'm going to come back to Robbie after the break who's outside the doll with all the uh, hippies I mean the protesters who are out there at the moment our reporter Robbie is still out on the streets. You can hear them chanting out there, I hope, somewhere. Robbie, you still there? Yes, indeed, I am here, Niall. Thank you so much for that. It's getting very loud at the moment. I'm here with Paul from the Extinction Rebellion group. Paul, are you affecting the public, really, for the government stance today? Am I affecting the public? Yeah, yeah. they're blocking on the road, that kind of stuff. We think it's a hard deal to kind of, you know, get the public to kind of get a backlash from it. We are, Robbie. Like, um, we're deeply sorry for the actual problems that we're causing the public today. We, we we are we are deeply sorry for the problems that we're causing. Well, then don't do uh, it. Well, we've tried everything else. We've well, tried you everything have, else. Paul, the debate is on. Everybody's talking about it. There's no need to discommode people. There is absolutely need for this commotion. There is absolutely need for it. We're in a climate emergency now. And, uh, and but the government have already declared a climate emergency. Yeah, well, so we declare an emergency and then we don't do anything about well, it. Okay, just very quickly, because I'm very stuck for time, but give me three, thing, three, three things the government could do tomorrow to stop you guys from protesting out the streets. I'll, I'll tell you some easy things they could do. First right. of all, we could stop the Shannon LNG terminal. It's about to import U.S. fracked gas. It's one of the most climate detrimental gases that we could possibly import, and we're about to become a conduit for it for the rest of Europe. We could also stop signing licenses for drilling for oil and gas. Well, we have to continue to do that until we have an alternative and a reliable alternative. We have alternatives, and instead of actually directing the investment into those alternatives, we are actually funneling that money to oil and gas companies. But, but Paul, I've listened to some of the campaigners suggest that we should leave fossil fuels in the ground, and they mean from tomorrow, right? I mean, realistically, you know that's not realistic. They don't mean from tomorrow. It's like people like to spin it that way that they mean from tomorrow, but we're not kind of lunatics. Well, some of them are. Well, we are not lunatics, okay? It's going to take time to adjust to this, but we have to actually start doing that. We have to start that process immediately. I'm a parent of of two young children. I've taken a week off work to do this, so I'm not some crusty hippie that sometimes people like to actually portray us as. Um, This is is serious. We We have a letter with over 160 signatures from Irish academics who are supporting our Rebellion Week this week, and it's just people don't fully understand just how much trouble we're in. And those academics, are they there today? I, many of them are, yes. And out of the 160 of those academics, how many of them are actually there today? How many of them took the time off work to be there? I have no idea. I didn't take okay, a roll okay, call. Okay. Oh, well, okay, fair enough. Okay, so what's the plan, Paul, this week? Very quickly. The, the, the plan is to, to highlight the problem. Um, and we no, are no, apart to, from highlighting the problem, what's practically the plan? Are you going to block streets? We, we are going to block some streets, but we're going to do it in, in the kind of least disruptive way we can for well, people. There's no, there's no their... least disruptive way of blocking streets, really, is well, there's, there? There's, yes, there's a, there are more disruptive ways and there are less disruptive ways. And we're going to try and actually minimize the amount of time that people are actually regular, everyday people who are going about their business and trying to go to work. We're sensitive to the fact that, you know, we are causing disruption to those people. We don't want to be doing it. And I'll say it again. I apologize to those people. But we are in such a 
serious situation that where this is kind of a last resort tactic now. Okay, well, uh, I tell you what, Paul, and I know you know a lot about what you guys are there for today, but just do me a favour, stay with me for a second if you can. Stay in the line. I want to speak to David Quinn as well, who's the director of the Iona Institute and columnist with the Irish Times, um, and the, or should I say the Sunday Times, uh, the Irish Catholic. Uh, David, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Uh, David, you've been listening to Paul, you've been listening mm. to the protesters out on the street today. Uh, they do plan, obviously, to, to block the streets at some point uh, with the minimum amount of disruption, according mm. to Paul. I mean, is it going to achieve anything? Well, I mean, the first thing I suppose i better get out there is, because otherwise I'll be accused of it, is I do not uh, deny global warming. Global warming is happening, and I believe in measures to tackle it, for example, an increase in the carbon tax. So, uh, I, I, so I just need to get that on the table. But... Extinction Rebellion, if you look at our website, like their aim is that we go to uh, net zero carbon emissions within the next 10 years, which is an absolutely politically and economically impossible demand to meet. It would make the yellow vests in France look like a tea party if we were to attempt it. And so I believe only in politically possible and economically possible demands. And that means a gradualist approach only to this thing, because literally nothing else is going to be um, politically what about, possible what about their do- David, what about their doomsday scenario? And we've heard Greta say this as well, that if yeah. we don't act in the next 10 years, it'll be irreversible. Well, you see, if you actually look at what these UN reports say, this is the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, and these reports come out, as we know, every now and again. If you actually go directly to what they say, and they say many things, and a lot of it is extremely technical and way beyond the expertise of most people, including, I dare say, most people with Extinction Rebellion, but they make several predictions based on several models, okay, of what might happen over the next number of decades. And one of them, one of those uh, sets of predictions is the kind of catastrophic things that the likes of Greta Thunberg or Extinction Rebellion talk about. Mass but they extinction, make other, yes. Yeah, but they make other lesser predictions based on different sets of assumptions. And so I think in the interests of honesty, um, all the models and all the predictions need to be made clear so people are not given the wrong impression that the only predictions they're making are the very worst and most catastrophic ones because all of those models that they use, all of them have climate change science behind them. And so to me, it's very misleading to look only at the worst predictions. And at not the, the catastrophic prediction. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, hang on, sorry, David. Yeah, Paul, you want to say something? The Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change said that we need unprecedented changes in all aspects of society, starting immediately. They have a range of predictions on from like least catastrophic to most catastrophic. But one of the actual, actual measures of that, we had 250 million tons of, of uh, melt over the summer, which is in line with the 2070 worst predictions. Every report that consistently comes out is worse than the last one. It gets worse and worse and worse. And, yeah, and this, this melt that we talked about earlier on in relation to sea levels rising, and the longest recorded records we have of sea levels rising, and I happened to mention this earlier on when Paul Murphy was on, is in New York City. And in New York City at Battery Park is the highest gauge record of coastal sea levels in the US, for example. At over a 160-year record, they show a steady rise of 11 inches per century. But that was, they were, it was rising 11 inches per century, long before we had coal mining, long before we had SUVs and planes in the sky. Now, we, 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 
like there are recordings there is a mountain of evidence that's the well I know I, I, well maybe address that point if you can it's, it's, maybe it's, well I, Paul I, address that point if you can long before we had any of the things that you guys are talking about today having to change you know these 160 year records show an 11 uh, inch rise per century which hasn't changed long before now, long before today there were people in South America who could grow their crops in, in those parts you're not, of the You're country, not actually answering on, what I'm asking, Paul. On a, on a regular basis. You're not actually answering now what I'm asking. You haven't yeah, answered you, what you, I actually asked not, you. You picked, you picked one tiny little example. No, I, 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 no it's not a tiny example. And the reason it's not a tiny example is because, the, as records go, this particular record is the longest one we actually have. It's over 160 years. Grow food anymore. You're, no, you're not answering the question I'm asking you. Farmers that have lived You're suiting yourself. Places. You're, you're, you're choosing the argument to suit yourself. You're not answering the question. You're, I'm you're, 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 you're pulling out one story about something in Battery it's Park. An, it's an important story because it is the longest records that we actually have. And that's over 160 years when you talk about sea levels rising. Global scientists who, who are part of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Sorry, because again? that's ultimately, they're the gold standard on climate science. So, like, do you think that they have heard of the Battery Park story? Do you think that they haven't taken that into account? Okay, well, let, well, let me go back to David. David, do you believe that we as human beings, that nobody is denying of this idea that we're all climate change mm. deniers or something mm. like that is the most ridiculous thing in the world because everybody believes the climate is changing. We all know mm. that. But do you believe that we as human beings could have a huge impact by, the, by our living standard, by changing our living standards? Can we have a huge impact on how long this planet's going to last? Well, I mean, I dare say if we were to somehow... Um, uh, accede to Extinction Rebellion uh, demands and uh, have net zero carbon emissions within the next 10 years, I presume that would have a significant impact on where the climate appears to be going by whether you use the more moderate predictions or the more extreme predictions. So I, I presume that would have an effect. But you see, again, I mean, the, the, the huge point is, and, uh, and this is what Paul and Extinction Rebellion need to answer, is um, how can you possibly hope to achieve that without basically uh, causing mass political rebellion, which again would put the yellow vests in Paris into the halfpenny place that would be so big, because the economy crunching effect and the devastation caused across the economy by, by meeting that demand um, uh, would be absolutely colossal. Poverty would go absolutely through the roof. There would be rolling power cuts that would be absolutely impossible to avoid. So you don't set out with absolutely impossible political demands. You've got to be realistic. And the only realistic approach to this is to gradually wean ourselves off fossil fuels and replace it over time with renewables in a way that does not devastate the economy, drive up poverty, and cause absolutely enormous political changes um, uh, here. Which, by the way, the political change would be so great as a result of the economy crunching effects of meeting your demands uh, that would be an, an enormous backlash against the green movement and even against taking a gradualist approach. So the whole thing would completely backfire even on see, green terms. Yeah, sorry, Which I wouldn't see, like to see, see happen. See, see all of all of this all of this there's a there's a semblance of truth to that. But but that's if if you if we like if we don't do this right and we have to and I mean we have to engage everybody. We have to engage the entire public on how we can actually do this right. We have to get people to buy into this because they, we, we have to actually stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with the fact 
that the 12-year timeline that was given by the IPCC last year is the conservative end of the timeline. As events go on, it's showing that we're more on the actual extreme doomsday end, as you like to actually put it at. And we, if, like, what's the alternative then? Well, to the alternative, this? David said, is the slow transition. You're talking about something that has to have zero carbon emissions in the next 10 years. As David rightly pointed out, that would be political transition, suicide. The slow that transition would... takes us beyond two degrees very, very quickly. But you're not answering, what, again, what he has asked you. I mean, how do you, how do you think a state or government could manage to deliver zero carbon emissions in the next 10 degrees. years? to four degrees, to five degrees, to six degrees. Once we get over two degrees, the IPCC have warned that we set in motion feedback loops that will actually cripple us. Do you, so do you, by the way, do you, know, do you know what the planet's temperature has risen over the last 100 years? We're talking about drought. We're talking about, like, we're going to see places, like, all around the equator won't be able to actually grow food. Those people won't be able to live in those countries anymore, and then they're going to start moving. Then we're going to start seeing geopolitical tensions explode. Do you think two million... Okay, but the, po- the point that David has made is quite clear, that if you try to change that too radically, and you reduce those carbon emissions as much as you would like to see reduced, you would put the earth into some sort of catastrophic we, 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 reversal. We've had 30 years to actually do something about this. But, we've but, had but, you're, yeah, but you're missing the point he's making, Paul. You can't just suddenly expect everybody to down tools and do it tomorrow either. Well, not tomorrow, but in the next 10 years. I'm, I'm not expecting them to do it. You I'm are. Asking, That's what I'm Extinction Rebellion wants. I'm asking them to do it. I'm asking them to understand what happens if we don't do it. I'm people won't voluntarily say, accept poverty. My, chil- my children... Will, you're, will, you, will your children accept poverty? Different world. Will your children accept poverty for that different world? It doesn't have to be poverty if we do oh, it right. right. It Not in 10 years. It's an impossibility. It's an impossibility. If if we try to do this within ten years, we're going to have blackouts where fresh food won't be delivered anymore. Industry would collapse, creating mass unemployment. Agriculture would come to a standstill unless you can invent an electric tractor very quickly. There's no good outcome to trying to All do it as quick as you will say. Happen if we continue with business as usual. All of these things. So, will in happen. other words, you you admit that these things are going to happen anyway. These things, it's going to be far worse. We're, we're, we're in, in 10 years. It's going to be far worse in 10 years. Stop, Paul, will you? I'm not saying, I'm not saying That's not some sort of catastrophe in no, 10 years. No, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that, no. Okay. But are you, are, you willing, are you willing to deal with the poverty in the next 10 years? And are you d- willing to deal with what could happen if the government made some radical changes to reduce, as you would like to see, zero carbon emissions in the next 10 years? Are you willing to put up with that? I am willing to put up with sacrifices myself. I am willing to put up with, but, but it, this is system change we're talking about. It's not about individual, individual saying, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to start recycling more. We actually need to put pressure on government to actually reduce the amount. There is a catastrophic amount of carbon in our atmosphere now. There is a catastrophic amount. We have zero, zero, four percent of the Earth's atmosphere is carbon. Putting it in four percent as possible. Four percent, and only zero point eight percent of that is by human beings. Never been that high in millions of years. The last time it was as high as it is now, the oceans were twenty meters high. Is the country is the is the planet warmer now than it's ever been before? The planet is uh, is not warmer now than it's ever been before. It has been it has been higher. Of course it has. If I can just say again... Yeah, now, sorry, um, sorry, David. I mean, those UN reports... Uh, so again, they make a prediction by the end of the century of between 1.5% average temperature rise across the planet and 4% plus. And the 4% plus is obviously worst-case scenario where we do absolutely nothing uh, to reduce carbon emissions over essentially the next 100 years. And then the 1.5% is if we do the kind of things that Greta or Extinction Rebellion 
want. They used to previously, by the way, predict a minimum temperature rise of 2% by the end of the century. So now they put that down to 1.5% at the bottom line and then 4% plus at the top line if we do absolutely nothing. And then we have these ones um, in between. Uh, but again, what Paul wants is, and, and even the system change he's talking about, that system change, if it happened that fast, would again result in enormous levels of poverty. So we can only deal here it, with the it, politically if, possible. If, if, every, if everybody in the country actually engaged with the problem, and we all actually talked about it, and people made sacrifices, instead of actually funneling kind of money into special interests, instead of like the Facebooks and the Googles and all the money, that, the wealth that they have, if that was actually distributed to actually deal with this problem. With respect, Paul, if we didn't have the Facebook and Googles, you wouldn't be as popular as you are today, your organisation. Social media has encouraged your uh, popularity. Uh, But in saying that, okay, so you're saying we should all make the sacrifices. So let's say I want to buy in. What sacrifices should I personally make tomorrow? I, I think you should come down and actually talk to us. If you want to come down, come down. No, I'm asking you. I'm asking you to give me some advice. If I want to buy in, what sacrifices do you believe I need to make personally? The number one thing that you should probably do is come down and actually join our program. That's not, the, that's not a sacrifice. Add, add, add numbers because it's not about... Well then, there's not like many, well, then there's not that many people making sacrifices. So 350 out of a population of 4 million. Or 5 million, is nearly, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, say that again. I didn't. I hear said that. 350 people out of a population of five million is not a huge sacrifice. I can see so today. Well, you, if you, if you, we need we need to actually take to the streets and actually force government to make actually larger systematic changes. Okay. Uh, well, uh, sorry, David, just uh, finally, David, I'll let you make mm-hmm. a, a comment there if you want. I mean, do you believe they're going to achieve anything apart from maybe, I suppose, public debate? Well, I mean, they may end up actually having a detrimental effect on the very cause that they spouse because if they create a backlash it's actually going to make the green movement less popular not more popular so we got to stay in the realms of the of the politically possible here i mean i also think that other people need to do the, you know the likes of what you do now which is ask the tough questions about the political feasibility of what they're uh, um, wishing to achieve and also the dire economic effects if it was to happen in the next 10 years um so i mean i guess that's what i say please you know people need to ask the challenging questions and well, I think the thing could actually backfire. And I hope you're going to be right no matter this week of the Sunday Times. <laughs> I might well. <laughs> Thanks very much indeed, David Quinn. Let me go to Julian as well. Julian, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Julian? How are you doing, Niall? Julian, you've been, you've been listening there to well, both David Quinn and obviously Paul from Extinction Rebellion who's out on the streets at the moment but Robbie, our reporter, with all the different protesters that are out there for different reasons, I suppose. Well, all for the same common cause. But Julian, what do you think? I'll tell you what, I'm nearly 60 and... Uh, Throughout this world, you're told, don't smoke, it can kill you. Of course it can. Anything can kill you. I walk out in front of a bus, that'll kill you too. You know, people have got these knee-jerk reactions saying, and I'm quite gobsmacked, where do they get these figures 10 years, 30 years, 100? When the world went to end in 2012? When the world went to end in 2000? Well, we were told the majority of the world would be underwater, I think, by 2000 at one stage. We were told, oh, Manhattan wouldn't exist by 2005. Um, The world would be too warm to live in by 2007 at one stage. There's been loads of predictions throughout time. What's this world? I mean, what, five, six billion years old? I'll tell you what, when nature's ready, it will take back what it wants. Mm-hmm. It's simple as that. <laughs> Look at the... the, the but you, you can't deny because the population of the world has increased so much, particularly in the last 100 years, it has to have some sort of effect on the balance and the ecology of the planet. Look, what, what, what you've got to look at, right? They, 
climate change and everything else. That's a natural progression. Mm-hmm. Of course, things are going to get warmer. Summers seem to be shifting. Our summers are now starting maybe in uh, the end of August and going through to October. You know what I mean? So it's, it's going around. It's a big circle. How many years? I ain't got a bloody clue. But I know when I was a kid, back in June, July, the, first, uh, the two weeks of Wimbledon were brilliant because that meaning we were going to have sunshine. <laughs> the summers always seemed warmer when you were a child for some reason. Maybe they just seemed longer because you were smaller. Maybe it's something to do with time. I don't know. Uh, but, okay, so, uh, but I, Paulie, you're still there. No, um, oh. he's gone. But I'm actually here with Donna Cooney and she's pushing the bike down the middle of Merriam Square up there. And uh, very happy today to support this, aren't you, Donna? I am, yes. I think it's really necessary. I've got children. I'm concerned about their future. We've got 11 years to get this right. What um, happens in 11 years if we don't? I'm not taking it seriously. Leo hasn't come out yet to speak to us. Why, um, but Donna, you know, Donna, what happens in 11 years if we don't get it right? Yeah, we what? have, you know, because... No, um, but no, I've asked you a question. What's going to happen in 11 years? Well, it's because... Of, of extinction is becoming one of the last 50 years we've lost 60% of species we're having more extreme weather events that's not actually true at all but I don't know where you got that figure from yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know where you got that figure from I'm, I'm sorry, Donna, sorry Donna that this that 60% of, of species have become extinct there's also been new species have evolved it's a natural progression in life but however sorry go on uh, okay so in relation to what, what, what's going to happen in 10 years I'm just curious is there some sort of doomsday thing or no it's that we only have that amount of time before we reach um a, a critical stage um, are we not at a critical stage now would you believe well we're at a stage now that we can make a difference we're going to have the effects of climate uh, change right so we should we reduce in... should we reduce our carbon emissions to zero in the next 10 years yeah, okay, okay, that's great, okay. And and will your kids be happy then never to go in an aeroplane again, never to sit in a car again, and never to possibly have fresh food because we won't be able to deliver it, never have a job because industry would collapse, uh, you know, never have any agriculture in a country which is our biggest export, and probably live in poverty in the dark for the rest of their lives. Would your kids be happy with that? That's not that's the scenario that you're painting. That is the exact scenario because you have just told me that you would like to see zero carbon emissions in ten years. That's not possible. No air to breathe and no food. To but eat. you're not. But you're not answering the question I've asked you. We would have zero carbon emissions in ten years. That's what would happen. If we have zero carbon emissions, we have to have zero balance. Obviously, you know we're going to have a certain amount of carbon emissions, but they need to be balanced with uh, taking the carbon out of the atmosphere. But they're already, they're already doing that in the United States, for example. There are companies removing carbon from the air to produce aer- aeronautic fuel out of it. Yeah. Yeah, they're it's already doing that. It's about 60% of our um, transport budget been going on public and sustainable um, modes of transport. Not only will that do, that'll actually benefit our health as well. Um, yeah, we spend a lot of money on transport, as it is in this country. We spend a lot of money on public transport. Organic fruits and vegetables isn't going to mean that you're going to be starving. It's about growing our well, food without using chemicals. Right, so should we all grow our own food out of the back garden? Well, it, it doesn't harm if everybody did have a little bit of growing and it's becoming more and more popular and um, grow at your own. So should and we all just go back in time, 50 years, Dad, or 60 years? Is that what we should no, do? we need to move, we need to forward, we need to take... What about aeroplanes? What about air travel? Yeah, I think people need to reduce their travel, yeah. Uh, so you're not going to go on holidays anymore, are you? I haven't been um, flying. Yeah, I've had some wonderful holidays in Ireland. 
there's nowhere more beautiful than Donegal. All right, well, maybe we just don't want to go on holidays now. Maybe we'd like to leave the country every now and again. Well, every now and again, people are going to have to leave this country. You know, if they can't take the ferry and the train, uh, which is always possible, it's just about giving yourself time to travel. But Donna, how popular do you think your comments today are going to be that you're telling people they shouldn't be going on holidays anymore to the Canaries or Spain or America or whatever it happens to be? I think we're all going to have to make changes in our lives. Well, you can make the changes. You, you can make the changes if you like, but they don't want to. If you well, want to make I the changes, you far away. You, I think that we're all going to have to make those changes. What about eating, what about eating meat? Well, that's your own personal uh, choice. But I thought Extinction Rebellion wants us to get rid of eating. They don't want agriculture anymore. Reducing meat, you know. I mean, obviously, the more of us are vegetarian, the more some of you can have a bit more meat. So, but at the same time, um, <laughs> you know, reducing, it's good for your health and it's good for the environment and it's more sustainable. Right, okay. All right, well, the best of luck with the protest today. Thank you, thanks. And I wish you were here. And you should be on my bike. You still have to go out on my bike. You you promised you would. Oh, I, I know who you are now. What? I remember yeah, you now. Oh, sorry. There you <laughs> go. Multiple children on the bike. <laughs> I forgot all about that. Okay. Thank you very okay, much. You know, thanks Bye. Uh, Robbie. Yes, sir. It's really heating up there now, isn't it? Yes, it kind of is. Yes. And it's so funny. I just walked past, uh, would you believe, a generator. And uh, it says, there's a sign on the generator, and it says this. Um, yes, this is a diesel generator. We are currently working on the problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's very I- ironic, the fact that it, the diesel generator is, is used for the stage is on at the moment. So, uh, obviously, the bands need their, their electricity to uh, do their instruments. Yeah, there's a lot of hypocrisy going on there, isn't there? <laughs> the oh, whole thing is riddled with hypocrisy, to be honest with you. A, a lot of holes are right today, <laughs> Noel, absolutely. <laughs> All right, Robbie, we'll come back to you after the break. Keep texting, keep WhatsApping. There's loads of people texting in figures, by the way. The person says these rebels need to take their protests to the one billion plus Chinese and Indians. Uh, the population, uh, the pollution they produce is the problem. Don't let the lefties win, Noel. You're doing a great job, says Siobhan, in the, the Midwest. The person says the Greens told us to buy diesel cars says Jane they did didn't they back in 2006 or 2003 there was a big push and they told everybody to buy diesel cars now they want us all to get rid of them again alright let's go back to Robbie a reporter on the street as we speak he's in um, where, where are you now Robbie Yes, Niall, I'm here in Merrion Square. Oh, you're still in Merrion Square. They haven't moved yet, have they? No, I'm actually in the square itself where the tents are now being set up, and I'm actually here with Ruby, who has come all the way up with our friends from oh, Galway, giving the electric picnic a run for the money, because it's not, you're staying here for the week, not just for the day. It's yeah, like a I mean, like, it was just, I mean, it's a good excuse to get out of school, but, you know, it's also like, all it's right. just... It's a nice. Like, that's really what it's all. That's really what it's all about, so, isn't it? That's really what it's no, all about, Ruby. Like, it is, isn't it? Hey, you just said it yourself. No, you just said it yourself. It's a good excuse to get out of school. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, it is, but, you know, that's not obviously, obviously that's not the main pro in this situation. Like, obviously, what we're fighting for is climate change. And, okay, know, so what, give me, give me some things you want. Change, you, you know, I mean, okay, you're a young person, and, and I want to know what you think the government can do. Let's say, you know, to stop all the, the, you know, the protests and the disruption and everything else. Give us something that you believe um, the government can do. I mean, I think that they should just kind of start listening to what we're doing. They that's not an answer. That. That's not really an answer, Ruby. They should listen. It, I mean, I, I couldn't listen to you all day. You know what I mean? So, I mean, what should they do? Give me an idea of what they could do. Reduce plastic. Reduce... That's not going to change the climate of the world. We'll go on anyway. They've all, and they've already said they will get rid of reusable plastics by 2022. So, okay, yeah, so we've already decided. Is 
tiny bit too late. I mean, like, you know. It's not too late. We've been using them for, for nearly 100 years now. So yeah, an extra two years is not going to make an ounce of difference. It's that we're in now because of okay, that, you know? Okay, but like, the, we've already committed to doing that. We've got rid of the straws. Uh, we're going to get rid of, uh, you know, one-time use of plastics. Like, it's the nest that are the problem it's fishing and it's the especially in Ireland it's the beef and dairy and you're just, yeah but you're just yeah, Ruby so Ruby hang on it's, it's a radio show so we're just you're just throwing things at me there it's the fishing it's the beef it's the so tell me what we can do but let, let's focus on one thing at a time the beef what can we do with the beef well I mean I think one thing that people should do is they should cut down on their consumption I'm not saying go vegetarian I'm not saying go vegan I'm saying just don't make it such a, a big part of your life. You know, there's substitutes, there's everything you can do. And if you stop but, buying, it's supply and demand, you know, if you stop... Okay, so, and then what happens, and I think most of us do actually have a good mixed diet, but anyway, let's say we all, yeah. let's say we all reduced our you know, consumption of beef and dairy by, say, 30% by, by next year, right, okay? Hmm. What's going to happen to the farmers of the country? Well, I mean, the farmers in the country still going to have their jobs. They might not as get... Are you having a laugh, much. Ruby? Do you understand the economics of that? Well, I mean, not quite. Like, no, you yeah. don't. Well, why are you saying it if you don't understand it? Um, I mean, the thing is, is that... You can't just fling things out, Ruby, without any background or I'd read a bit of research. You just told me a minute ago, we should all reduce eating beef and, and dairy. And if I gave you a reasonable suggestion of 30%, that would destroy farming in Ireland. But would it? Of course, like, it, know, w- of course it would, Ruby. As it is, I don't know what you've been reading the news lately on how much farmers actually get for their beef. They've been on strike for months because of, because of how much they're getting for their beef. They're already on their knees. I mean, to be fair, like... like okay, forget about the beef then, okay? What, okay, what was the other thing you said? Um, the nets and stuff. This is, just, this is worldwide. This isn't just Ireland. This is, the nets contribute to the, so much plastic in the ocean. The nets. The, okay, so let, what? You want to make the nets out of some other material that obviously... Yeah. Okay. And, okay. Um, no, that's a, that's a reasonable thing to want to do, and I I can I can I can see that. That's, but that's not why you're out in the streets today. No, but taking a look at stuff like uh, reducing carbon emissions—that's the fun, isn't uh, it? Take, yeah, taking a look at Notre Dame and how much people contributed to that within like the first like week. Okay, we we all we well, us Irish are great and contributing to charities. We're always good at it, and so are people around the world generally. Most of those, by the way, were philanthropists that contributed to that. But however, in relation to say cutting CO two emissions, okay, are, are you on board with that one? Definitely. Like, okay, what what happens in ten years' time if we don't reduce it to zero? Well, in ten years' time, I think the thing is is that this sort of thing, you know, it's probably going to happen sooner. Or later, and we just we What's don't. What's going want... to happen, Ruby? The world, the world is most likely like or going not, to not end, the world is it? end, but humanity is probably going to be wiped out, be wiped out, and that's what ah, we're trying to fight against. Stop, Ruby. To... Stop, Ruby. Planet, the, the, uh, the inhabitants of the planet. There isn't going to be mass extinction in ten years' time if we don't reduce carbon emissions to zero. That's nonsense. That's a complete. Yeah, I mean, Ruby, don't. I mean, if you Ruby did before you decided to take the week off school or college or whatever it was to come up to Dublin to you know sit in a tent with the rest of them there, did you actually do a little bit of research into what you're looking for? And I'm not. I don't mean to be patronising, but you, you've come up with a load of stuff there that doesn't make any sense. Well, no, it makes perfect sense. Makes sense you know? to you. You just don't understand it. Well, I, exactly. well, I, 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 I do understand it completely. Do you understand, say we talk about, you know, they want, they want to use fossil fuels in the next 10 years, right? Yeah. Okay. What are we going to use instead of fossil fuels? Well, you know, there's all of the, um, 
can't think of the word, uh, renewable uh, energy sources, you know, like... We're not going to have enough of those in 10 years, okay? So, unless we start using on nucle- the nuclear power. The word renewable is that it is literally, it's renewable. infinite. That's not what renewable means, but however. Um, but in saying that, we cannot reduce our fossil what fuels to zero and 10. finite sources. No, know, because if we... Do you understand what would happen if we left the oil and gas in the ground in the next 10 years? Do you know what would happen? Uh, haven't looked into that. Have you not? You haven't looked into it at all. Well, then why? Why? Well, then why can I ask you a question? If you haven't looked into that and you don't understand that, and why? What's going to happen? Why are you out there supporting them when that's what they want? Because these people are doing an amazing, amazing. They're not doing an amazing amount of anything. All they're doing is all they're doing. You've just outlined everything that they're doing there, and I've told you what would happen if we do that. But and you didn't even know, and you're out there supporting them. I would no, never. I, I wouldn't you, go you, to a protest if I didn't know what it was about. It? Am I against what? Are you against people protesting? Does it get in your way? You know, does us standing in the middle? No, of- I, no, I'm I'm against people protesting with no purpose. Well, there is a purpose. I'm, but no, you you don't. You're not protesting for a purpose. No, I'm I'm like I'm a new member of Extinction Rebellion. I'm 16. I'm not very oh, okay. like you know. I'm not very. All right, I didn't know you were 16 years of age. With the greatest respect. <laughs> All right, I thought you were. I thought you were older than that. Okay. No, it doesn't matter. Well, no, no, it's okay. And I'm, I'm not trying to patronise you now. I didn't know you were sixteen. All right. I, yeah, I, I, I believe that you were in college. Well, but I, all I, I'd I, say, I, to, all I'd say to you, Ruby, is okay. Look at what they actually want: Extinction Rebellion, and then do the research on what they're actually demanding and see how feasible it is. Nobody is saying that we shouldn't be responsible in how we look after the planet. But what Can you tell me what would happen if the coal and the oil was left in the soil? Because the world would, the, if, if we stopped using the resources in the ground, i.e. coal, gas, oil, and we stopped using them, you know, in the next 10 years, the world would be reduced to poverty, there would be famine, there would be no industry, there would be no fresh food, we'd be all out of jobs. It doesn't work very well. That, this is, that, that is the industry. The industry is what is destroying the planet. Countries like France might do reasonably all right because they have nuclear power, um, but we yeah. wouldn't. We wouldn't last pissing time. With the greatest respect. Uh, um, okay. And are you off school this week? Um, I am. Yes. Why have you taken a week off school to go to the protest? Um, I believe that this is like one of the most important things, and it's such a. Like, what about your education? Is that is that not equally as important? Uh. Missing a week of school doesn't really matter to me in this situation. You know, like, I can, I can catch up. Okay, um, okay. Well, if you, as long as you believe you can catch up, and I, I wish you well, and I hope you do catch up. All right. Uh, thank you very much indeed, Ruby. Uh, all right. Um, i got to keep, have we taken a break? Okay. Uh, are we ready to go to Sandra first? I'll go to Sandra very quickly if I can. Sandra, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Sandra? Hi, you know, I'm good. And you? Good, Sandra. <laughs> Cheapers, creepers. I'm just, yeah. I, I'm sorry, no, mind you, I didn't know Ruby was only 16. I actually thought she was in college, uh, which said she was taking off time of her education. Uh, but I'm surprised at the amount of people who are caught up in this whole thing and really I don't know. know the outcome of it. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. They're so ill-informed, you haven't a clue. It's just another, um, another day to shout about nothing, have nothing to do, catch up, hang out. I mean, Ruby, do herself a little bit more just and go back to school and learn something. Because she hadn't a clue, 16 or not, what she was talking about. Now, all this lot... Well, look, I mean, when, they, when, when she, you know, at the age of 16, clearly she has the best intentions. You know yeah, I, mean? I know. She did, but she did. it's good all the, have an intention. She hasn't a clue what she's up against. She, you, she couldn't answer you a question. Neither could one of the girls er, earlier on. You've been asking them questions. They can't give you a direct 
answer. Now, why are they protesting in town on the ordinary Joe Soap shopkeepers and all that? Why don't they go to Pool Bag, for instance, where there's incinerators, and protest there? You know, may, go to people who are causing huge, you know, pollution. Mm-hmm. The ordinary person, blocking up the city now, there's cars blocked everywhere. They're running, burning fuel, causing to the, the, the greenhouse gases. It's, yes, it's, it mean, seems to be having the opposite effect yeah, to what they're trying to achieve, yeah. Are a bunch of hippies in my in my view messing with people's lives and jobs you know get a grip protest where it's needed and where it make a difference but not on the ordinary person and blocking up the city so what they're up against I mean you had to add, answer and tell her about the fuel in the ground yeah I mean look I, as I said you didn't realise she was only 16 years of age and unfortunately most 16 year olds as much as they have the best intentions in the world really don't understand the ramifications of what they're actually talking about half the time uh, but stay there for a second I want to just uh, just do a final wrap up here with Robbie Robbie Niall, hey, yeah. Yes, so, how many people are there now, Robbie? Roughly, ballpark. All right. Well, I'm just coming out there of the uh, the park where the wall's staying. Let me see. Oh, it's kind of slightly diminished. Uh, <laughs> there was about where are they all gone? There was about 350 people, and it's kind of sporadic now. I'd say there's about 200 scattered out here at the moment. Is is there uh, even 200? Do you think? Yeah. Well, a few of them have gone in. Sorry, how are you doing? A few gone in to obviously stay stay the week. So it's kind of they spill up slightly. Right, it as, okay, uh, it's, it's kind of turned into a little bit of a yeah, yeah, a festival, so to speak. But we're going to keep an eye on this throughout the week. Now we don't yeah. know where it's going to go. So I mean, London is obviously in, in, in a coordination with us at the moment. So it could kick off toward the end of the week because they did say that they want people to get arrested, and thankfully no one has got arrested today. All right, listen, Robbie, thanks very much for that. We'll keep up with that during the week. Uh, they are camped out in tents for the whole week in the city, and it's, it kind of reminds me of the Occupy movement from about eight years ago. I, I, people are making a week like holiday out of it in the middle of the city in tents. They should be moved. I mean, you're not nobody's you're not allowed to pitch a tent in the middle of a public park and go on holidays. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan show. Classic hits.